Our scripture reading for today is Daniel chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Um, Sorry, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing up to King Nebuchadnezzar. Hear these words of scripture. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be then thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Marla. So today we continue our worship series called Faces of Our Faith. So often when we gather together and we talk, we worship, we have Bible study, we talk about all of those big names in scripture, those well-known main characters whom we admire and we wish to emulate, people like Moses and Jesus and Mary and Paul. But scripture is filled with all kinds of ordinary people, too. People who go about their day-to-day lives, and then suddenly they're confronted with a situation in which they are called to act. So as we begin this new year, we are reflecting upon six stories found in scripture of just regular folk who are often overlooked in the biblical narratives. We'll dig deep into their worlds, entering their stories with with curiosity and open to what they might have to teach us about living faith in our own lives here and now. And my hope, my prayer is that these stories of these people's lives will help us to see how God is calling each one of us to participate in God's story of redemption and of grace that is happening here and now. Let's pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and joyful to you. You who is our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So today we have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Or, if you're like me and you grew up with Veggie Tales, Rack, Shack, and Benny. Do you remember this? Yeah, a few of you? Yeah. I actually watched that this past week. Veggie Tales does not age well. Like the 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 computer animation is like it used to be really great. Now it's like so sad. But Shadrach Meshach and Abednego, three Jews who are living in exile in Babylon, 
and they have been chosen to serve King Nebuchadnezzar after three years. They have three years of training, and then they serve him. And in the first chapter of Daniel, we learn that they began service to the king, and their names were changed when they began service. Their birth names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. This name change is meaningful because their names, when, as Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they signified their identity, their heritage, their religious beliefs as Jews. Those names contained references to God. Hananiah meant God is gracious. Mishael means who is like God. Azariah means God keeps him. And so they have these names, even though they're in a foreign country under someone else's rule, they have these names to keep them grounded. But now they're given new names, new names that make reference to the Babylonian gods. And so then in chapter 3, we see that King Nebuchadnezzar, he erects this gigantic golden statue. And he declares to everyone in the land that when they hear this music, they're going to fall down and they're going to worship the statue. And through the statue, they will worship him as their king. And so that's what everyone does. Well, not quite everyone. As we see in verse 8, some people go to Nebuchadnezzar and they say to him, Your majesty, you have issued this decree that whenever we hear the music, we must fall down and worship you. And you've told us that anyone who doesn't do this, they will be thrown into a blazing furnace. Well, your majesty, Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they work for you, by the way. They're ignoring your decree. They neither serve your God, nor do they worship the image of God that you have so wonderfully created. And so now we get this portion that Marla read for us. So they come, they, kind of, they tell on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Nebuchadnezzar is furious. He summons them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he asks them, Is this true? That you won't serve my God or worship the image of gold that I have created? And he says, before you answer that, I'm going to give you one more chance. You can change your minds right now. But if you don't, and if you don't bow down and worship, then you're going to be thrown into a blazing furnace. And here's how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego respond. In verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King, ne King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. So here they are. They're in exile. 
They're out of their homeland. The king has given them new names, trying to strip them of all of their own language, their own culture, their own religious practices. Everything that made them who they were. They were stripped of it. And the statue was the last straw. They were not going to worship this thing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew who their God was. And it wasn't that thing. And imagine the courage that it took for them to stand up to the king in that moment. They knew Nebuchadnezzar's reputation. They knew that he thought he was a god. And that he was going to exert his power over his people under any means necessary. And they stand firm. We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this manner, they say. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God that we serve we're able, is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he doesn't, they say, we want you to know, your majesty, that we're not going to serve your gods or worship the image of God that you have set up. Now, I imagine them saying this not like flippantly, not, not in this, well, this is just the way it is, king, deal with it. But I imagine when they say this, their voices are shaking. Their bodies are shaking. Courage is doing something even though you're afraid. And so I imagine their voices trembling with fear, mixed with this, this determination that they are not going to be silenced. They are not going to become someone else out of fear. They know their God. They know what their God is capable of. And they'd heard the stories of how their God had rescued their people from the Egyptians, parting the Red Sea, and they knew that their God was going to be with them. They didn't know the details, but they knew that it was going to happen. And so the king sees them stand in defiance in front of all of these other leaders, because the king is not just there by himself. He needs all these other people to, to prop him up. And so he's standing there, and he says in verse 19, the king, it says in verse 19 that the king's attitude towards them changes. He was still fuming. But I can imagine, you know when you're, uh, as a parent, I've, I've experienced this. You're, you're mad and you yell, and then you get so mad that you just stop yelling. And you get really quiet, and you kind of use that whisper yell. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah? Maybe? A few of the parents are like, oh, yeah, yeah. So he's fuming, right? And it says his attitude towards them changed. And I can imagine that he gets really quiet. And he says, heat the furnace to seven times as hot. And bind them up and toss them in. He's mad. <laughs> so some of his strongest soldiers, they bind up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they toss them, fully clothed, into this furnace. A furnace that was so hot that the soldiers that were throwing them in, they themselves were killed by the flames. And so Nebuchadnezzar, he's standing there with his advisors, and he's very proud of himself. Ha ha, they, I showed them. 
and nobody's going to defy me anymore. And he's looking at the furnace. And then in verse 24, it says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement. So he's standing there looking at the furnace. And he asks his advisors, uh, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the furnace? And they replied, well, well certainly, your majesty, because they're going to agree with anything he says. And that's actually what happened. And he, says, he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, and they're unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. And Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace, and he shouts down, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they come out of the fire. All of the officials are crowded around them, and they see that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are unharmed. Not a hair on their heads was singed. Their robes weren't scorched. There was no smell of fire on them. God showed up in the midst of the fire. God protected them, and God was with them in that blazing furnace. We don't know how. Even when it doesn't make any, probably especially, when it doesn't make any logical sense, God shows up. And not only in that moment is it transformative for us. I'm sure we can each think of those moments where God shows up in ways that we never imagine. And not only is it transformative for us in those moments, but it's life-changing for the people around us who see it. At the end of this story, the end of, of the chapter, King Nebuchadnezzar, who at the beginning of the story, he says, what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? He thinks that he is the most powerful God. And here, at the end of the story, after he sees what the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, does, he says, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel to rescue his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. And then he says, Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces, and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other god can save in this way. Okay, still with the violence, which is very intense. But that aside... Because of Shadrach, Meshach's faith, their lives were changed. They were able to be who they were, to live into their Jewishness, even though they were in this foreign land. And they stood up for the rights of all of their people, all of those people who lived under the oppression of King Nebuchadnezzar. And at the end, the king declares protection over all of these Jews within his empire. 
As followers of Jesus, as United Methodists in particular, we are called not just to a personal gospel, a gospel for ourselves, a good news for us, but we are called to a social gospel, a good news that proclaims the love and the hope of Jesus Christ so that the world might be transformed. It's not just about coming here, right? And, and having time together, and that's fun, and that's nice, and that's wonderful to connect with one another, to connect with God. And it's about going out. It's what we do when we leave this time together. What do we do when we go out into the world and we're faced with all of those struggles that the darkness of winter can bring and that life can bring? And in the midst of those, what do we do? How do we respond? And so this week, I want to—I invite you to just think about this story on two, on two different levels. One, what furnace are you experiencing in your life? What place in your life is that, that time of struggle? How might God be showing up with you in the midst of that experience. And then, the other question is, where in your life is God calling you to have that courageous faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? God calls all of us to this courageous faith. Last week, we talked about sisters, right? That they stood up and they wanted to have, they wanted to claim their father's name and have him have property in the promised land. And this is another kind of courageous faith. Of even when our voices tremble, even when our bodies shake with fear and frustration and all of the different feelings, it's claiming and speaking, no, God is love. And I am going to love others, and I'm going to make a space for others to be loved and safe around me. And so I invite you to think about that. It's not a big deal, right? They're not, they're not heavy questions. They're just regular questions. It's fine. But I invite you to think about these things, because these are the things of faith, the things that, that transform us so that the world might know of God's love. And I invite the choir to come forward, and they are going to sing us a song about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego.
honestly think that Nebuchadnezzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are like some of the most fun names in scripture to read. We have a few prayers that have come in. Um, and Linda is joining us from Texas and she wants um, to let us know that it's also cold there. So that's nice. <laughs> We're not alone. <laughs> And Penny uh, asks for pr continued prayers of comfort and healing for Judy and for Sandy. Uh, Judy is again in the hospital and um, is fighting this infection. So prayers for, um, for her and for the doctors for, um, and nurses that are caring for her that they will get this figured out. Um, and Elena asks for prayers of healing for Tom and Barb. Um, Tom is... Um, Greg's father, and uh, he is in Akron General this morning after suffering a stroke. And so prayers for the caregivers who are working with him as well. And then Shelly asked for prayers for Maxine and her family on the death of her husband, Glenn, as well as prayers for Michael and Kathy who are recovering from another form of covid and Craig asked for prayers for Bill Ellenberger, who is in the hospital, um, and prayers for strength and for comfort for him, as well as for Sue. And Matt asked for prayers for his grandpa, Dave, who fell this week, um, and is grateful that all of the tests have come back well so far. And then also prayers for the family of Betty Monin, who um, passed away early yesterday morning. Um, she'll have her service here um, on Friday. So with all of that, let us go. Oh, also, sorry, prayers. Um, Linda asked for prayers for um, of warmth and safety for friends and family of those in Iowa. They're experiencing a wind chill temperatures of negative 35 to negative 41. Okay, I'll stop complaining. <laughs> And then another Linda asked for prayers for the Malloy family on the loss of Aunt Loretta. Now let us go to our Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, you tell us not to be afraid of what the future holds, not to worry about tomorrow, but you know how difficult we find it to be to listen to your words. For we worry about so many things, our families, our friends, our circumstances. Some of our worries are big and life-altering and world-changing. But many are tiny, small struggles that can pile upon themselves. So today, in this moment, we lay each and every one at your feet. We bring our big worries about health and happiness and security for ourselves and for loved ones. We bring worries about the world we live in and its future existence as we still fail to address so many ecological problems. God, we bring big worries about the way people in our world are treated as less than human, exploited and tortured and helpless and abused. God, you are our parent. And we know that you are concerned with every aspect of our lives. And so along with all of these big things, we bring to you 
the little things, the worries that keep us awake at night, the worries which only you know, when we pause lifting them to you. <laughs> oh, living God, it is good to hear the joy and the excitement of children. It is a wonderful reminder that in the midst of all of the worry, of all of the clouds and the storms and the fiery furnace, you are with us. Your love, your joy is with us. And so we pray that you will reach out to all those for whom the future brings fears and uncertainties. May they know of your assurance that you are with them, even when the future seems dark and circumstances feel like they're spiraling out of control. Remind them that you are able to transform even the bleakest of situations and bring healing and wholeness. Oh God, we make our prayers in faith, knowing that your spirit is at work in our world in this very moment, making all things new. And now with confidence, we lift our voices together, praying the prayer Jesus taught so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The last thing that we do each Sunday is to remind ourselves that church doesn't end here, but it goes with us. And that social gospel goes with us into the world to transform it with God's love. And so we have a few ways to engage with BUMC in the coming weeks. And the first is an unnatural disasters watch party. This is a documentary series that is looking at how we can take better care of God's creation. And the first one um, is on the 21st, and there's more details at BUMClinks.com. And then also, we... If you would like to be a part of, we encourage everyone to be a part of a ministry team. And if you would like to learn more about that, we have inserts in the bulletins as well as there, the leadership board is in the parlor um, after the service. If you would like to um, ask any questions about the ministry teams or just get to know them a little bit better. And then we are going to be making lasagna on Saturday the 27th and then What'd you say? It's the 27th, yeah. It's the 27th. We're going to be making the lasagna, and then we're going to take the lasagna uh, and serve it on the 28th on Sunday evening at Pearl Road, and then um, we're going to be taking it to um, Nehemiah. I knew it was going to come to me. Nehemiah um, and their Bread on Bridge dinner, and that'll be on Tuesday the 30th. No, it'll be on... Whatever that Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday is, that's what we're going to do, okay? That last one of the, of the month, okay? You're with me. It's fine. Thank you. Um, then also, in, at the beginning of February, we're going to have a Names to Faces 
event. So this will be February 4th at noon um, after this, this worship service and we'll go downstairs um, and those online, you're welcome to join us and maybe we can even have some kind of fun Zoom thing um, put together. But this is gonna be a way to get to know people. It's gonna be kind of like a speed dating event for getting to know people in, you're not dating each other, <laughs> but getting to know other people at BUMC because we have a lot of new faces and different faces. And so this is just a fun way to get to know one another in a quick way. We'll also have food, of course, because we're Methodist and we'll be mindful of all of the different allergies that we know we have in our community. Um, so mark your calendars for that. It'll be a lot of fun. And then the final thing is that if you are interested in being in our guidebook directory, this is um, basically all of the information um, from people in our community that call BUMC their home church. And so if you would like to be in that, let us know. Um, if you have any information that has changed, whether you don't use your landline anymore, or you have a new email address, or I don't know, uh, let us know and we can make sure we have the right contact info and that's for people within our church so we can care for one another by sending cards and notes and getting to know one another better. So with all of that, let us receive the benediction and go and do God's good work. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Let us stand and sing together.
Thank you all so much for coming and worshiping with us today. We hope you have a fabulous, fabulous week. And um, God bless you this week.